It's the people versus chronic illness, the podcast that shines the light on the fighters who beat their chronic health issues naturally. Now, here's your host, Kevin W. 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 Reese. Eat the sunlight. The sunlight. The sunlight. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number eleven of the People versus Chronic Illness. This is Kevin W. Reese. And if you've been listening on iTunes and watching on Facebook and YouTube, then you know we've been talking to people who have battled and beat their IBS and their asthma and their allergies and their migraines, and they've gone to war with their lupus and all these incredible stories. But today, we are taking a slight left turn to something (laughs) still chronic, but, you know, still kind of in the same arena. And that's addiction. And I'm, I'm going to be talking to Kelvin Young, who has an amazing story. And, and I'm just going to let him tell you about it. So, Kelvin, what's going on today, man? Hey, how you doing, Kevin? I am well. So, your story, I mean, I ran into you um, just doing the Hartford Circuit, doing public mm-hmm. speaking. You know, I ran into you and, and we got acquainted and we've done some work. And uh, you're doing great things. In the Thank you, man. Um, with helping people with addiction, and now you're doing sound healing, and some people yes. watching or listening to this may not know what sound healing is, so we're, we're going to talk about that too. But let's go back to when you were unwell. Let's go mm-hmm. back and uh, start from there, please. Absolutely. You know, first of all, Kevin, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be on your show. You know, after many years of battling with depression, anxiety. Uh, drug addiction, you know, I found freedom from, from alcohol, from marijuana, from cocaine, from heroin, other opiates like Oxycontin, Oxycontin. And I began my healing process in a drug treatment program in prison. And within this prison program, I learned about the transformative powers of yoga, meditation, uh, creative expressive arts like poetry and journaling. And Kevin, I had a lot of misconceptions about yoga, meditation, especially doing it in prison, but the things I was doing prior to going to prison, it wasn't working for me no more. I had to try something new. I had to try something different, you know, and growing up for myself, you know, I started drinking when I was like 14 years old. You know, I have like four older brothers. I wanted to feel and look cool like them because watching them growing up and see them, you know, partaking in alcohol. And, and for me, it started off, you know, as a weekend thing, you know, as I go to the projects and, and getting drunk with my brothers and my older cousins. And I just noticed a change. It, it began from a weekend thing to, you know, several nights uh, during the week and how it progressed in my life. And by the time, you know, I remember going to high school parties, you know, my brother used to buy some blackberry brandy for us and we used to go sneak in the bathrooms and, and get drunk and, and go and party. And I noticed a... Blackberry brandy was my drink of choice too back yes. then. <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, it, it really did the job for us. And, you know, I, I started noticing the slight changes, whereas, you know, I started, you know, skipping class. Then I started skipping school. By the time I was 17 years old, I started, you know, I dropped out of high school altogether. Mm. And that's when I started drinking more. I started getting into more um, other drugs like marijuana. And to be honest with you, I... I enjoy the feeling that these particular drugs um, gave to me because, you know, the poor choices I was making in my life at that particular time. 
And, you know, throughout my late teens and 20s, I continued to make, um, you know, poor choices in my life and getting caught up in very high-risk situations, being, you know, under the influence of alcohol and other drugs, getting into a few um, serious car accidents, mm. um, being involved a lot of criminal gang activities. Um, would, you know, would you say that? Would you say that the drugs and drinking were escapism? Oh, absolutely for me. Yeah, because of the, the choices I was making, how I felt towards myself. You know, it was a way of of feeling feeling better. You know, it, it was a way of escaping from being me, and you know, it, it allowed me to, to go into another place, uh, become another person, and really escape the the person that that I was at that particular time. And, you know, by the time I reached like 26 years old, I graduated, so to speak, to, to cocaine and heroin. Mm. And, you know, mixing those two drugs of choices, there was, um, I believe we called it speedballing. And, and that was a very, you know, mixing those two drugs together, that's a very lethal dose um, to do, you know? And, you know, but like, in the way I felt towards myself, you know, it was very, um, it was low, you know, the feelings of, of not good enough, feeling less than, the feeling of, of hopelessness, worthlessness, um, a lot of self-hate, um, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, um, a lot of, you know, feelings of depression, you know, anxiety, you know, all those particular feelings were so deeply entrenched, you know, and I felt spiritually and emotionally bankrupt at one point in time in my life. And I used these particular drugs uh, to feel better, but not realizing that these particular drugs or choices was, you know, keeping me in this very vicious cycle of addiction. Whereas I'm using these drugs to feel better, but when I'm under the influence of these drugs, I tend to make poor choices, which makes me feel even worse. So therefore I got to use the drugs again to kind of feel better again. And I got caught up in that very vicious cycle of addiction and not even realizing that I was caught up in, in that vicious cycle. And it was, it was very, um, you know, just kind of like not knowing um, the cycle that I was in. And did, 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 did the addiction, did that um, contribute to getting locked up? Absolutely. Um, being on the influence of, of alcohol and other drugs, I um, made a lot of poor choices and started getting arrested and you know starting to go in front of the judge and the judge will give me probation he'll send me to treatment um but I, I never took none of that seriously at all you know and um I violated many uh, probations and getting arrested still doing a lot of criminal activities a lot of violence um, a lot of assaults being on the influence of these drugs and it got to a point where you know basically the judge got tired of seeing my ass and he <laughs> sent me to prison and I'll go to prison, get out and do the same thing, you know? Um, but my last, my prison sentence, you know, I was uh, sentenced to five years suspended after 26 months with four year probation. And, you know, it got to a point I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, you know, I never forget that day. Um, I was heavily on the influence of cocaine, heroin, um, uh, brandy, um, alcohol, you know, marijuana, cocaine, all these big particular drugs in, in my system. And actually, I also had uh, what we call uh, clodopins as well in my system as well, too. And I pretty much blacked out 
from that experience. But I remember going to prison and, and just really, well, going to the Hartford Corrections and I was just tired. I was ready to kind of like uh, surrender, so to speak. And I was going to court in, in two different places um, at the time. And I had a lot of time hanging over my head and, you know, uh, getting caught in, a, in a, another criminal activity. I was just, I was tired. And, you know, once I was able to detox and get my head somewhat straight, um, I wanted to make um, some changes in my life. I wanted to be the man my, my daughter could look up to and be proud of. She was seeing her father in and out of prison, you know, getting arrested. She seen me very verbally, physically abusive. Did, uh, drunk. Did, did your revelation happen while you were locked up or? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you were in, you were, you were behind the bars and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never forget the day when I was laying on my bunk bed and I made a decision to, to change my life for the better. You know, and, and be the man that my daughter can look up to and be proud of. So I took advantage of every single program they had available, you know, in, in prison. And, you know, the one pr- uh, program that truly helped me the most was uh, the drug treatment program. And it was a four-month program within the prison, which I had to take because my, my levels were so high with, with addiction. But I wanted to take it. This was the first time I, I, I took the the opportunity to get the help I so desperately needed while incarcerated. And it was a four month program and I was able to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of, of, of inner work that I needed to do in order to, to find that freedom from alcohol and other drugs. And after that four month program, you know, the counselors in the drug treatment program in prison, they hired me to be what they call a, a peer mentor. Mm helping other people that's incarcerated with me, helping other inmates to um, support them in their recovery. Because Kevin, even though we was in prison, there's drugs in prison. There's oh, a lot of drugs in prison. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And, um, you know, just, just having a group of peers that had a true desire to be clean, you know, to be sober while incarcerated so they could integrate back into the community and live a, a healthy lifestyle and recovery as well was, was very, very powerful. Uh, in my experience in prison, you know, I had peer mentors mentoring me. Then I had the opportunity to mentor other other people that I was incarcerated with. Um, and, you know, we ran meetings, mm. counselors to go home, you know, at three o'clock, four o'clock. And, you know, we were there 24-7 and we had to deal right. with realities of prison. Right. It, it was serious. And, and just having people there, such as myself and other peer mentors to run meetings and and to really be of support because we're dealing with the negativities from other inmates, the negativities from the CEOs. Sure. Um, just being in a very low vibrational negative environment. And there's, there's gotta be people, there's gotta be people locked up who mm-hmm. um, aren't in that mind frame that you are where they want to change. There are people locked up that may feel more comfortable locked up than on the right. outside. So, you know, there's, you know, I've heard that many times. Yes. And that, that is true. And, you know, that's where we got to make, you know, that discernment of really who you want to spend your time with, you know. And I could have spent my time watching Jerry Springer because that was the popular show at the time when I was incarcerated um, or getting caught up in other criminal activities while incarcerated. But I chose to kind of like find my path of, of healing while I was incarcerated. And, you know, to me, when I look at it now, um, it was a blessing in disguise because I was, I was taken out of my element 
you know, and, and put in a place where I had an opportunity to work on myself, to do the inner work I needed to do in order to heal. So this program really, really helped me to understand, you know, the addiction process, but I had opportunity to go within. And to me, that's where healing truly begins when we allow ourselves to go inside of ourselves. Right. And, and the avenue that I used to go within inside of myself was, was, you know, the yoga, the meditation, uh, the poetry, uh, the journal and all those particular holistic modalities where I had a lot of misconceptions about, but I needed to do something. I needed to try something new. Yeah. And it, obviously it became a bridge to what you're doing now, owning your own wellness center and doing sound healing. And you know, the same thing happened to me when I was sick and mm-hmm. we kind of see this amongst a lot of people who Yes, have those revelations and they change and they start helping other people and it lights mm-hmm. a fire under them. And next thing you know, that it becomes their business. Yes, yes. You know, so it, it was, it truly was a, a blessing in disguise where I found myself, you know, and I found freedom while incarcerated, which it seems kind of odd. And, you know, by utilizing meditation and yoga and, and poetry and journaling and different other expressive arts, I was able to find a sense of calmness and inner peace, you know, being in a very hostile and restrictive environment such as prison. But most importantly, I was able to understand the root causes of my addiction. And from my, my experience, I learned that like the emotional pain and, and uh, the distress from unresolved, un, unhealed, unprocessed traumatic experiences that I endured in my life, you know, unmet needs um, that hasn't been addressed, um, a chronic uh, toxic stress was at the root of my addiction. So when I, when I look back and, and understand my experiences, I was reaching for alcohol, I was reaching for cocaine, I was reaching for heroin, I was reaching for marijuana, I was reaching for Oxycontin and other opiates to find a sense of, of relief, you know, from the emotional distress and the pain that I was experiencing in my life. Right. We live in a culture and society that, you know, we're taught to reach for stuff outside of ourselves to feel better, whether it's emotional or physical pain. And I use a phys- uh, physical painkiller such as Oxycontin and heroin to to try to heal an emotional pain. Right. It worked for a while until it didn't work. You know, I grew up thinking if I have a headache, you know, to take an aspirin. Right. We live in a culture where, you know, we, we're taught to, to treat outside of ourselves. Yeah, to treat. Yes. Treat things. Yes. Treat symptoms. Right. And but not not doing not doing the inner work. We need to do to truly heal the root causes of of that experience. And you know, for me, once I was able to see that, it allowed me to shift my perspective, you know, from a victim mentality, oh, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a convicted felon, I'm a high school dropout, to more of a victorious co-creator mentality. I'm a person that's in recovery, you know, from alcohol and other drugs. I had an opportunity to learn and grow from my experiences. And I had that shift in perspective, it allowed me to see myself, other people in the world, in a different light, in a different way. And I, I start to look for all the blessings and all the experiences, whether I label them as, as positive or negative. There's still a silver lining. There's still a message that I can learn from all these experiences. And I had an opportunity to learn so much about myself and learn about these experiences that I went in my life that was, that was great teachers for me to be the man that I am today. And now with the businesses that you have and uh, doing the sound healing, which we're mm-hmm. gonna get into in just a second, when you came out and you started walking these paths, did you find that you were 
stereotype people found out that you were you know locked down for a little bit uh actually it, it became once i got out you know i i had the the desire and passion to kind of like bridge uh the recovery world into the holistic world whereas i could take these different holistic practices you know such as meditation such as yoga such as sound healing such as expressive arts and really incorporate it into the to the system of care for addiction recovery and really understand that the importance of, of doing the inner work we need to do to get to the root causes um, is so important for us to order to really truly heal from any type of addictive states or any type of emotional distress. So for me, you know, I was, I was sharing my recovery story. I wanted to, to be that voice and face of recovery. I wanted to break the stigma and the discrimination associated with people um, that having these experiences with addiction. And what keeps us in that vicious cycle of addiction a lot of times is the stigma associated with people that have these experiences uh, with addiction. So by me telling my story, sharing my story, sharing my experience, and sharing different tools, holistic practices that we can use to do the inner work, you know, that, you know usually that'll give somebody, okay, uh, the permission, you know what I mean, the, uh, the, the confirmation to step into their own power and really see, okay, I'm having this experience Let's get to the root cause of it, and I can find freedom from these from these particular uh, substances. Absolutely, and and now you have your own wellness center, and you're doing. I mean, it's it's a great story. What to somebody who doesn't know what sound healing is? Can you dive into that and explain what it is and how it helps? Absolutely. Um, you know, sound healing. You know, for me, in sound healing, I, I use different um, instruments. Uh, such as the crystal singables, which I have a crystal singable here. Nice. And it's made of, of quartz crystals. It just creates a nice, calm, and relaxed tone and vibration. Yeah. And the, and the vibrations and sounds from these crystal bowls, it really penetrates to the cellular level. You know, there's a saying, a lot of our issues live in our tissues. Right. Therefore, a lot of the emotional pain, a lot of the trauma, you know, a lot of the, the stuck energies, it's in our bodies, it's in our muscles. So the vibrations from these crystal single bowls, from the Tibetan single bowls, from the hand drums, and all the other healing instruments that I use, it helps to penetrate to the cellular level and help to release a lot of that, that stagnant energy or, or stuck trauma that's in our bodies or stuck emotion that's in our body. And when I look at holistic health, you know, is looking at it from a, a holistic perspective, a whole person. You know, we're more than just our physical bodies. There's a mental, emotional, and a spiritual body as well. Right. And, and, that's, and that's what we've been teaching at Eat the Sunlight for a while as well. And, you know, with my book, Diet, De-Stress, Detox, and focusing on the de-stress because so many people don't. You know, we've talked about having Kelvin Young do some sound healing concerts and broadcasting them live. Um, on the iTunes and on the Facebook and just really just giving that away right on my channel, right in the Eat the Sunlight Facebook group and just letting people um, de-stress, let people get rid of that toxic emotion from their body. And that's what we want to do and create. And I think Kelvin and I are going to be able to do that um, right here doing live stuff. Maybe we'll do it once a month or something like that. So uh, I really appreciate having Kelvin share his story, powerful story. So thank you so much.
And, you know, a little bit about myself, you know, like you said, Kevin, I'm, I'm a, a certified holistic um, stress management instructor. So I teach people how to deal with the different stressors in their lives. Um, I'm also a sound practitioner of a Sacred Sound Healing LLC. And we teach people ways to calm their minds and relax their bodies and truly nourish their souls. I'm also an addiction recovery coach, so I teach people how to find um, different holistic ways or their pathway to a recovery from their addiction. So be sure to share these videos on YouTube and Facebook and subscribe on YouTube and show that love and more episodes to come. Hit up eatthesunlight.com. Find Kevin W. Reese on Facebook. Find me and find Kelvin Young. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of healing going on between the two of us. And you want to be a part of it. Trust me. So thank you all for tuning in. Walk with peace. It's the people versus chronic illness. The podcast that shines the light on the fighters who beat their chronic health issues naturally. Naturally 